If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. The podcast of CBS This Morning will begin after this short break. Today's CBS This Morning podcast is sponsored by Ancestry. There's no gift like Ancestry to bring families together, whether it's an Ancestry DNA kit, a family history subscription, or both. Save big with special holiday pricing and spark some interesting new conversations around the dinner table. Start your holiday shopping at Ancestry.com. I'm Gail King. I'm Anthony Mason. And I'm Tony DeCopo. And this is a CBS This Morning podcast. Suburban High School, this time near Los Angeles, is closed this morning while students and police look for anything, anything that might explain America's latest deadly school shooting. A string of gunshots caused chaos yesterday at Saugus High School just as the day was getting started. A 14-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl were killed. Three others were wounded. The suspect is a 10th grader, Nathaniel Burhow. His 16th birthday was yesterday. He's now in critical condition with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is at Saugus High School in Santa Clarita. That's just north of L.A. David, good morning. Why did this happen? How did this happen? Where does the investigation stand? The sheriff says the gunman acted alone, but they really have no motive to explain why he would have ever done this in the first place. The sheriff says the suspect used a handgun, and at the scene they found a magazine which was empty. The sheriff says every bullet was used on a student except the last one that the gunman used on himself. The lead detective in this case says he watched video from inside the school that shows everything which happened. And from the moment the student pulled the handgun out of his backpack, started shooting, and then shot himself, it took just 16 seconds. Last night, there were tears, hugs, and raw emotion as this community comes to grips with the horror that happened hours earlier. Two teenage victims were killed on the campus of their own high school by one of their own classmates. How are you feeling now? I'm still feeling, like, confused. Julian Sandino's a freshman at the school. He told me he saw the shooter from just 50 feet away, and he took off running. Hours later, when we met him, he was still trying to make sense of the senseless. I want to know, like, why he did it and, like... What was the reason for it? We've got an active shooter at Saugus High School. We need all units to respond. That was the police call at 7.38 a.m. The school day was just beginning. And off-duty officers whose relatives are students at the school were some of the first on the scene. Student backpacks littered the site where the shots rang out. Panicked teens dropped everything and took off running in every direction. We all raced out, and then while we were racing out, we heard three more gunshots behind us. And it's just the scariest part is that you don't know where they're coming from. I need paramedics as 
Inside the school, teachers heard the shots and they reacted quickly, securing the doors and building barricades using their desks. We saw people running outside of our window, and so we all we locked the door and we, we, hit, we hit ourselves behind the teacher's desk. She was shot in her side here and she was actually shot again in her shoulder yeah. as well. Choir teacher Caitlin Holt was inside the school. She helped one of the injured students by dressing and bandaging a gunshot wound. There's just nothing that um, I as a teacher that could have prepared me for that. If you've been following this story, you may have heard the sheriff's department say yesterday that there was an Instagram account with a post that said, Saugus, have fun at school tomorrow. And the sheriff's department said that account belonged to the gunman. Well, Instagram has reportedly said it does not belong to the gunman, and they have disabled that account for violating the company's policies. Uh, listen, Everytown, which is a gun control advocacy group, says what happened here at Saugus High School yesterday was the 85th incident of gun violence at a school this year. Anthony. All right, David, thank you. Saugus High School has more than 2,000 students and it conducts regular lockdown drills, but many students say they never thought they would have to put their training to use. That all changed when they heard yesterday's gunfire. Jonathan Vigliotti spoke to two sisters who saw the horror unfold. At first, I thought it was fake. Micah Turner had just arrived at the school quad Thursday morning when gunshots rang out. I just saw him fire one, two, three. I just saw like a, just a body fall. And I, my first instinct was to get out of there and to find my sister. Amidst the chaos, her sister Samara was hiding in a classroom. I was just like freaking out because I heard the gunshots loud and clear because it left a little ring in my ear. Jeff Turner had just returned home when he heard the news from his wife. She hops in the truck and says, go back to the park, there's a shooting at the high school. It took about 45 minutes for the family to reunite, but it felt like a lifetime. And I just started crying hysterically because I saw. We opened the car door, she got in, and then she just jumped on me in the back seat, and then I <laughs> held her for like a good minute or two, and we were both just crying and just relieved that we were finally together. What sticks in your mind as we talk right now? His face and just seeing that one person fall. It's gonna be hard to forget and I'm gonna have to live with that sight in my head. I know for a fact this will be with her the rest of her life and that it makes me so angry. Yeah, you yeah. can't unsee this stuff. I was thinking about that too, because once you see it, you're right, Tony, you will never be able to unsee it. I just right. think of all the trauma. We hear about the shooting and we hear about the death toll, but it's so much bigger than the that. The legacy of trauma is so powerful. It's changing the way yes. school feels, not only for students, yes. but for teachers, for everybody involved in the educational environment. And it's so important to understand these incidents don't end when the gunman is caught or dies. They and go on forever. It's an, en it's an endless legacy. The question remains, how many more do we have to see yes. before right. we do something about it? All right, well, moving on. We're about to see day two of historic public hearings in the House impeachment inquiry. The former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, a career diplomat, testifies this morning. Two months after President Trump removed her, he told Ukraine's president in a controversial phone call that she was, quote, bad news and said she was, quote, going to go through some things, end quote. 
Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill for us. So, Nancy, good morning. How is this morning's hearing supposed to unfold? Well, Tony, Democrats see it like this. Day one of these public hearings on Wednesday sort of laid out this entire story from end to end. Now we hear from the woman who they see as chapter one, the first real casualty of this scheme that Democrats are now describing as bribery. Gee, let's get some help from Ukraine in order to beat sleepy Joe Biden. I don't think so. At a rally in Louisiana last night, President Trump mocked the case against him. We did nothing wrong and they're doing nothing. But at least nine witnesses have testified in public or private that President Trump expected Ukraine to investigate his political rival. Today, one of those witnesses, Marie Yovanovitch, will describe how she was told this spring to watch her back because the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and his business associates had mounted a concerted campaign against her. We were blocked by the ambassador who eventually got fired. She'll explain today how she felt threatened by language the president has used to describe her. She was dedicated, as is every U.S. government official in Ukraine. Yovanovitch was sent home in May, which cleared the way for the so-called Three Amigos, officials with a direct line to President Trump, to unofficially take over Ukraine policy just before Mr. Trump froze hundreds of millions in aid to Ukraine. They had begun to hear from Ambassador Sondland uh, that the security assistance was not going to come until the investigations were pursued. On Thursday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi described the president's actions with a simple but significant word. Bribery. That word appears in the Constitution as grounds for impeachment. That's a very serious charge. What makes this a case of bribery? The bribe is to grant or withhold military assistance in return for a public statement of a, uh, of a fake investigation. Republicans are going to argue today that Yovanovitch isn't a true witness to what Democrats are calling bribery because she was recalled before military aid was held up this summer. Tomorrow, congressional investigators will interview Mark Sandy behind closed doors. He's the first official to speak from the Office of Management and Budget, which would have handled that freeze. He reportedly, Tony, had concerns that he voiced about it this summer. All right, Nancy, and we, of course, will stay on this story. Nora O'Donnell will anchor a special report from Washington on this morning's public impeachment hearing. We expect that hearing to begin at about 9 a.m., 8 Central, right here on CBS, and you can watch continuous coverage on our streaming network, that's CBSN. A death row inmate in Texas whose case has gained national attention could learn today whether the U.S. Supreme Court will hear his case. Rodney Reed is his name. He's scheduled to be executed in just five days for the rape and murder of 19-year-old Stacey Stites. This happened back in 1996. His request for a review has huge online support. Omar Villafranca is outside the Supreme Court with more on this story. He caught up with Reed's family last night. Omar, what'd they tell you? Uh, well, Gail, Reed's family wants the Supreme Court to intervene. There was a small crowd that gathered here last night praying that the court would hear their case. And in fact, nearly three million people have signed a petition asking Texas Governor Greg Abbott to halt the execution and consider the new evidence. And we're going to stand on the truth until my brother is home. We believe in freedom. Roderick Reed and about three dozen other people prayed on the steps of the highest court in the land for a legal Hail Mary for his brother, Rodney. 
I pray that it wouldn't have to go this far, but there's no extent that I will not go through to see the justice is had for my brother because he's innocent. Rodney Reed is scheduled to die by lethal injection next week unless the Supreme Court agrees to take up his case, which, according to Reed's attorney, Jane Pucher, would postpone his execution. The next steps would be a stay in his execution, um, and then the case would be sent back to the state court for further litigation. Reed was convicted in 1998 of killing 19-year-old Stacy Stipes in Bastrop, Texas. His DNA was found in Stipes' body. Reed says he was having an affair with her. He talked to Dr. Phil McGraw last month. Did you murder Stacy Stites? Oh, I didn't. Lower courts have denied Reed's appeal, but celebrities and even a bipartisan group of Texas lawmakers have asked Governor Greg Abbott to halt his execution and consider new evidence, including a new potential suspect. One witness actually came forward to say that Jimmy confessed to him to having killed Stacy Stites. Jimmy Fennell was a cop and Stites' fiance. He served time in prison for an unrelated kidnapping and unwanted sexual contact. His attorney, Bob Phillips, says Fennell did not murder Stites and says Reed is no saint because he has been accused of rape before. Why is nobody in the hashtag MeToo world that we live in talking about these women? Reed did face a series of sexual assault allegations, but was acquitted in the only case prosecuted. I don't think Rodney Reed killed my cousin. Heather Stobbs is Stites' cousin and believes Fennell killed her. What part of this weighs on you the most? I want justice for Stacy, and in order to do that, we have to do justice for Rodney Reed. Now the legal waiting game begins. The court could decide to hear Reed's case today, or they could wait a few days. Keep in mind, he's scheduled to be executed on Wednesday, but still, they could make their decision just minutes before he's scheduled to be put to death. Yep. Anthony? All right, Omar, thank you. A manhunt is intensifying around Roanoke, Virginia, for an AWOL Marine accused of murder. The U.S. Marshals Service is offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of Michael Alexander Brown. He's considered well-trained, armed, and dangerous. Brown disappeared from his post at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, last month. He's accused of killing a man identified by police as his stepfather. Yesterday, officers got a tip Brown was seen near his grandmother's house. They found his RV there and rammed it, but he was not inside. Schools in the area closed yesterday and are set to reopen today. Police are asking Brown's family to convince him to turn himself in peacefully. Venice, Italy, already dealing with a catastrophic flooding, is bracing for high tide today that could reach nearly twice the normal level. Now, that's very bad news for a city facing the second worst flooding in nearly 100 years. At least two people have died there. And this morning, the city's mayor has closed historic St. Mark's Square. Holly Williams is in Venice with more on this story. Holly, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, if you want a sense of the devastation that these floods have caused in Venice, this is probably the best place to start. St. Mark's Basilica, which is the historic and spiritual heart of Venice, this structure dates back nearly a thousand years and for the second time this week it is underwater. We are in the, the crypt uh, in the basement of the church. It's already caused millions of dollars of damage this week but it's not about the money because many of these bricks and the marble here are simply irreplaceable. They are centuries old. This is heartbreaking for the people of Venice. 
We've been walking around the streets of Venice this morning, or to be more accurate, wading, because in parts of the city, the water is waist high. Now, Venice floods dozens of times every year, but this is highly unusual, and many people here fear that it is becoming the new normal. The mayor of Venice has blamed climate change for this disaster, and many local residents tell us that they agree. Tony. Holly Williams in Venice for us. Holly, thank you very much. You might need to get higher boots there. I yes. was going to say the pictures up. tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get your morning news in under 20 minutes and daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here... You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you here in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.